Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. My childhood dream was to play the male lead on a daytime soap opera. Still time. We have live hockey coming up in one hour here on 6.30, Chad. Game two between the Golden Knights and the Canadians. Vegas up one nothing in that series. The other semifinal will resume tomorrow. We'll have it for you at 6 o'clock. The best of seven between the Islanders and the Lightning is now tied 1-1 as they go back to Long Island. Baseball tonight, Blue Jays and Yankees tied 1-1 in the bottom of the fourth. Basketball playoffs Philadelphia up 26-16 on Atlanta with about four minutes left in the first quarter. That best of seven is tied 2-2. Later on, it's the Clippers and the Jazz game five. That one also tied two games apiece. Euro today, Russia over Finland 1-0. Both teams are 1-1. Italy 2-0, 3-0 victory over Switzerland. And it's Wales now with a win and a draw. 2-0 win over Turkey with two losses now in the tournament. Also, Big news for the Edmonton basketball scene. The U of A Golden Bears will host the U Sports Final Eight for the first time ever. The Men's University National Basketball Championship Tournament has never been held in Edmonton. As a matter of fact, it's rarely held west of Ontario. Well, you could even say it's rarely held west of the Maritimes, but it is coming here March 10th to 14th at the Savile Centre. Really big news. It means the Golden Bears will be in the tournament, and their head coach, Barnaby Craddock, is going to join us a little bit later on tonight. Also, Elk Point, Alberta's Mark Latestu, the former Edmonton Oiler, the former AJHL MVP when he played with the Bonneville Pontiacs, Getting back into it with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he has been hired as a development coach. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Elks Radio 630, Chad. Also tonight, we'll have a one-on-one interview with Elks running back James Wilder Jr. Interesting guy. He had a tryout for WWE. He retired about a year ago and has come back to play. His father played in the National Football League, and he also does some special fundraising to fight breast cancer every October that's tied into his performance on the field. He'll tell that story coming up after the 6.30 news. But we begin tonight, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca from the NHL on Rogers. Former NHL goaltender, it's Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Reading yourselves? I am doing very well. Nice to see you again as we're rolling through the Stanley Cup playoffs here into the final four and then the final right around the corner. I, yes. I've been really, first of all, I've been really interested watching the New York Islanders. Yeah. Because I, I was talking about this on my show a couple of days ago. The phrase playing the right way, I think sometimes gets overused and thrown around okay. too much that it loses some meaning. But For I look sure. at the Islanders and I think, you know what? They commit. They don't make a lot of errors. They made a couple last night, but generally the yeah. puck's in a safe place. They don't try to force plays, and generally it it works for them. I mean, I I quite enjoy watching them. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's uh, something you know 
I know they had trouble scoring for a while there, but that's one thing about uh, the system that they play, that it still allows them the freedom to go play and make plays, right? And and have the creativity that, okay, there's more to this game than just putting pucks in deep, that I'm allowed to make a play, and uh, the coach allows me that, uh, depending on the skill level. Um, maybe not so much the fourth line, even though I love them, The you know, we know what they bring, but you know, they play a straight ahead game and they don't try and make too many fancy plays and uh, get themselves in trouble. But I do really enjoy the way they play. And I, I think I showed, well, I did show last night in the pregame show when they were up two nothing in game one, the next two shifts, they were so aggressive uh, and they just hem tamp in their own zone. I thought that that's perfect. Like they weren't sitting back and just trying to protect the lead and, you know, uh, trap it up in the neutral zone muddy it up in, in that area it was just really exciting hockey and it was uh it was fun to watch yeah interesting game last night because for got knocked out of the game and then yeah. came back so I, i'm thinking about that okay so he's out the sorokin goes in and he's probably well maybe he's not thinking how long am i in but you know, you as a goaltender, I'm wondering if you had a situation, maybe that either guy was in, you you were out and came back or you came in as the backup and the, the other guy right. came back in. Yes, the, a couple of times I had that in my, in my uh, career. I, uh, I believe one time I wasn't playing great, so I was yanked and the other guy went in and uh, he, he ended up getting injured. And I found it really, really difficult to go back in because in, in my own mind, I was kind of checked out, right? So uh, once you're pulled, you know, you, you're, you're stewing in your own head anyways. You're, you're mad at yourself and you can't think straight. And, and then all of a sudden, in my case, I was thrown back in there uh, and I, I was caught unaware because, you know, when a guy gets injured, you're not really expecting it, right? If, if you're sitting on the bench as a backup, the guy starts to get lit up. You're, you're preparing in your own mind, right? That you're, you're going to have to get in there. But in this case, it wasn't to be, I know that one time uh, I, I tried, I was injured. Uh, I had to go to the bench. The coach wouldn't let me continue on. And somehow I convinced him that I was okay. And I went back out there, but I wasn't. I got scored upon within seconds. So uh, I wasn't doing myself or my partner any favors by trying to be this heroic guy. Uh, but I always wondered what it would be like. Remember when Ed Belfour and Mike Keenan were with Chicago and Keenan was, uh, you know, he was um, acting crazy and he'd pull uh, Belfour, have him sit on the bench for a few minutes and throw him back in there and keep doing this. And, and I was like, that would be incredibly difficult as a goaltender, you know, yanked, put back in, yanked, put back in. And I never understood the the philosophy of that, but I always wondered what that would have felt like for Belfour because uh, that would have been, in my opinion, one of the hardest things to get over mentally. Okay, now hold on. How did you convince a coach to put you back in? I mean, that's not easy to do, is it? Once a coach has made up his mind? It's like players, you know, players don't win a lot of those arguments, do they? You don't, but I guess I was pretty convincing that I was perfectly fine and that uh, I deserved to go back in. And um, it, it was kind of interesting, too, because uh, when I wanted to stay in the game after the initial injury, uh, I was trying to convince the trainer, the athletic therapist, that I'm okay. 
And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I looked back at the highlights later and there was a coach, he was already waving for me to come off. Like he, he had no interest in me finishing the game. And I think at the time the score was only one or two, nothing. So it's not like there was a blowout. And uh, so the other goalie was told to put on his mask and he came out and stood right in the crease. So I was kind of like, I tried to tell him to go back, but that, <laughs> that didn't work. <clears throat> and then uh, eventually I made my way to the bench and I sat there for a little bit and somehow told the coach, no, 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 I'm good to go. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm really, I'm good. And, and uh, so I don't know, he, he relented and put me back in, but it was a really stupid choice. In fact, uh, I, I actually had to go to the hospital after that uh, oh, and get checked out. So I was uh, ridiculously uh, 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 stubborn in that situation, I guess. All right. Well, you've you've told other stories that indicate you have a little bit of stubbornness, so I'm not, not totally surprised. <laughs> Kelly Rooney joining us tonight right. on Inside Sports. That, the play that led to that injury... I, I was watching that with my dad, and I said, I wonder if they're going to give point a penalty just because right. the collision looked so bad. Even though to me, right. to I'll use the word clearly, maybe it wasn't clear to everybody, but to me, clearly, he's not at fault. He's trying to forecheck and chase. Right. I mean, he thought he might even get a breakaway. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he was supposed to do once he was shoved. Well, nothing. That, that was not on him. When... He was at a point of no return when he was shoved, right? Like he, there's not the best skater in the world could have evaded that uh, collision, right? Like he was in so close and pushed so violently um, that, you know, there was no chance that he could recover. And, uh, you know, he, it looked like he could have been injured, right? Like he went in head first too. It's not like he could even get a stick up and protect himself. So it could have been both players getting injured. I, that was just a plain old missed call. Um, and I'm sure the officials looked at it afterwards and thought, oh boy, that, that we can't do that again. And that was clearly on Pellick. Uh, no need for Pellick to do it. Uh, I said last night in the intermission, I, I used to get mad at my defenseman if they did something like that, that, you know what, don't do that. Like, you're going to hurt me. I, I'm I'm in no position. I'm in a prone position, most likely bent over, and I can't protect myself, and, and don't do that. So I, I hope Pellick sort of learns his lesson from that. But uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a great game by the officials. And I normally don't go down that road, but you look at that call, the interference penalty, the too many men. I, uh, last night in the second intermission, I wasn't sort of picking on McDonough, but I was just saying he wasn't having the best game. But I picked out two plays where clearly he could have been called for penalties and they didn't call those. So it's, it's one of those games where, uh, as the officials, I think you, and I've been in plenty of these games and you kind of give them a break because it's, they're just not having a great night, right? Like I remember one time it was early on in my career and I can't remember the linesman, but it might've been Dan McCourt and, uh, he missed a call, clearly missed a call and, uh, the puck, they had a good scoring chance and whistle blows. I'm giving the puck to him for a face off. And, and I said, how can you make how can you miss that call that badly? He goes, Kelly, you ever let in a bad goal? I go, yep. And he goes, there you go. And so he put it in proper perspective, right? I was, I was so angry at him yet. You know, if you turn around, man, I'd made a million mistakes in my life and, and uh, I didn't need to hear it from him too. So that was a, a good reminder. And so same for last night, I'm sure those guys will get it back. Okay. 
game coming up at 7 o'clock here on 6.30, Chet. And, of course, you guys got it on the tube, Montreal and Vegas. I know Montreal is a great story, but I wondered how this series was going to go. I just thought watching game one, Montreal just couldn't consistently check Vegas. Like, I, I just thought the the dangerous scoring opportunities for Vegas yeah. just, just mounted as the game went on. Yeah, they definitely took over. But here's if you want to spin it in a positive way for Montreal, I thought Vegas was going to come out with that crowd and with the energy, and I thought they were going to storm the Canadians. And that wasn't the case. In fact, uh, uh, Montreal had way better scoring chances in the first period, and I thought Fleury was brilliant. And uh, if not for Fleury, I think that it would have been a Montreal lead, something like 2 or 3-1 after 1. Uh, so that's what I thought of uh, how well Montreal played. And then they took, uh, I believe, three penalties to start the second period within, I think, six minutes, including Sherratt with uh, the puck over the glass to start the second period. And, and from that moment on, I thought they lost a lot of momentum and they couldn't ever wrestle it back. And as you mentioned, Vegas got on a roll. And when they get rolling, they are tough to stop. I mean, they've got four good lines, so does Montreal, but Vegas has got really four really good lines, great depth and uh, defense. And, and uh, they are hard to contain when they start feeling it. Yeah. All right. Well, look forward to seeing you on tonight, Kelly. We'll do this again next week at, uh, at some point, depending on how the schedule shakes down. Appreciate it, buddy. Okay, take care, Reed. There you have it. Kelly Rudy presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca and you'll get game two between the Canadians and the Golden Knights at 7 o'clock right here on 630 Chet. 20 after 6, you can get in touch by calling or texting 780-496-0063. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You can fire me an email, insidesports at 630ched.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. James Wilder Jr. from the Elks coming up on Inside Sports. Good to have you tuning in tonight. A.J. Gass, former double-E football player. He's been on the coaching staff, departing the organization earlier today for personal reasons as the Elks ramp up for the season opener August 7th. August 7th, they're going to be taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium to kick off the season. I was looking at some other teams' schedules today. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm not sure if anybody out there has heard of that team or maybe even supports them, but they are in the Canadian Football League. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders start the season with four consecutive home games. They do have a bye week in there. We knew that there would probably be a few more games in Western Canada early in the season. Well, most of them are in Regina. Some oddities to the Elks well one oddity to the Elks schedule uh they play the BC Lions twice both times in Vancouver even though uh another West Division opponent the BC Lions are they will not be coming to Commonwealth Stadium this year at least not in the regular season speaking of the Elks we got James Wilder Jr. but a year ago he retired from football now he's back and he's with the Elks so he's going to tell his story he'll talk about having a father who played in the National Football League as well. And that big basketball story today, the final eight for U Sports men's basketball tournament coming to Savile Center 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In March, Golden Bears head coach Barnaby Craddock is going to hop on. And don't forget, at 7, we got live action Canadians and Golden Knights. Back after the news. the name of the show changed to Canham Central, but they wouldn't let me do it. All right, here's what's going on. Blue Jays lead the Yankees 2-1. That one now in the top of the sixth NBA playoff. 76ers halfway through the second quarter, up 46-31 on the Hawks. The series is tied 2-2. Clippers and Jazz a little bit later on. Three games at Euro today. Italy moving to 2-0. 3-0 win over Switzerland. Wales gets in the win column. 2-0 victory over Turkey and Russia beats Finland 1-0. So both those teams now with a win and a loss. Half an hour right here on 6.30. Ched, it is game two, game two, Golden Knights and Canadians. We have the live play-by-play for all the NHL semifinal games and all the games in the Stanley Cup Finals. So we are your home for playoff hockey here on 6.30. Ched, we're also your home of the Edmonton Elks, and you will be hearing Morley Scott and Dave Campbell describe the exploits of this man throughout the season, running back for the Elks, James Wilder Jr. James, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you. Welcome to Edmonton. Welcome to the Elks. Man, oh man, how are you feeling on Monday when you finally found out it's a green light for a 2021 season? Oh, man. Um, immediately, I uh, we all called each other. Me and all the teammates, we all called each other. Trevor, we all text. And um, I immediately just started kind of watching highlights, man. It, it just felt, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to have this type of feeling, man. I, I was just excited. Um, it was unexplainable. You know, we've been out of football since 19 and we're tired and coming out and all this stuff going on with the COVID. I'm happy. I'm happy to get this date going. Um, as you see, every player on our team pretty much reposted it. We're all excited. We can't wait to go. So where are you right now and what's your timeline here for coming up to Edmonton? Um, I'm in Tampa, Florida right now. Um, I was trying to get up to Edmonton early, uh, but the guidelines won't allow that for me so what i'm looking to do um for the fans some of the fans are some zoom calls and stuff and then i'm going to be doing a couple of father day wishes for for a few of the fans of course i won't be able to do everybody but um just try to get what i can um virtually um virtually over online so tell me a little bit about the last uh, year or two for you because you know there was a point where you said okay maybe i'm going to retire from football and then you come back and and you sign with the elks uh I mean, probably some some tough decisions along the way for you just, just just tell me about that decision stepping away and then saying no i got more in the tank i gotta give here oh for sure uh, too, a lot too much in the tank um <laughs> i um i actually yeah so i retired um you know, with the with the COVID, they didn't know what was going on um, last season, and they didn't know if the season was going to go or not and stuff. And I was getting my business started at Wilder Sports Academy at the time, and I knew I just needed at that time that full commitment 
if the CFL wasn't going to go on, I was going to give my all into the Wilder Sports Academy, which I am doing now. Um, I'm actually just walked out <laughs> um, work as of work right now. So it's been booming for me. And um, the season, you know, just kind of watching highlights and getting some fire back that the season may come back. And, you know, all of my friends are pro players. You know, they're always training. And I'm around the sport. Um, so I'm always around the sport and football, and I start really missing it. And next thing you know, when I was coaching and training, I was doing drills with them <laughs> when I was supposed to be training the, the, the kids. And um, Trevor and some of the guys, Lemon and, oh, yeah, Sean Lemon and, and, and um, Trevor Harris, some of those guys hit me up, and I seen them sign. Edmonton signed Kenny Shaw and um, a, lot of, a lot of guys that I know. And then the O-line just looked way too sweet to, <laughs> to not want to run behind those guys. So, um my retirement was very short-lived, man. I don't know. I was one foot out, one foot in when I made the announcement anyway. Um, so all it took was a phone call to get me back, and um, I'm, I'm at the right spot, and I'm ready to go. Well, David Beard was on the show a couple nights ago, so he's going to like that you said that about the offensive line. So, so there we go. That's uh, that's good stuff. You know, James, man, there's a lot to talk to you about. Uh, your dad, obviously, <laughs> was uh, was a running back. And yes. I, I think he uh, he retired before you were born and would have been able to watch him play. But but and hey, right. Father's Day is coming up this weekend. Tell me a, a little bit about that relationship with your dad, his impact on you as a person and maybe as a running back as well. Man, he's he is me. Uh, <laughs> I really don't know how to say it much better. I am him. He's me. Um, I kind of modeled my whole life. To, I mean, he was always like, hey, I want you to be even better than me. I want you to be better than me. That was his model. My model, I kind of just modeled my life after him, man. I mean, literally from the name to the height to the weight to the football number to the football position to the kind of man he is off the field um, in the community. community. Um, me as well. Um, I kind of just kind of used him as my mentor. He's been there for me. He's just been that guy who's, um, you know, before games, after games, he's just always there. And I don't take too many people's opinions. You know, I kind of brush them off, but the opinions from him, man, is, is everything to me. So I've kind of always lived to try to get that that thumbs up from him. And um, he'll let you know. He'll let you know sometimes when you feel like you're supposed to get the thumbs up, he, he lets you know, man, you were supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, that, that's you, you don't get a pat in the back for, you know, for that. But at the same time, um, he, he lets me know all the time. He's proud of me. And with his opinion, it, it holds so much weight. It keeps me going. James Wilder Jr. joining us tonight on Inside Sports, running back for the Edmonton Elks. Of course, the CFL season is a go. The Elks are going to host Ottawa for their first game on, yeah, buddy. Uh, on August the 7th. Yeah, you're ready to go. What do, you, what do you think of the logo and the name? Man, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I, was, <laughs> I was actually a little nervous about uh, some of the names that they were putting out. I was like, oh, no, please. And um, they, I, I think they got it right. I think, uh, I think they got it right, man. And then the logo, we're different. Everybody has the letters, you know, besides, besides Calgary, everybody has their letters on there, man. So we can actually have our logo on there. And um, it's the first year, kind of new team, I guess I would say. And um, we want to do some big things this year uh, on the first year. Why not? Why not us? Yeah. Well, you're, you're involved in a lot of stuff. I know you had the hashtag going, uh, the, the Run Wilder for a Cure. I, I believe that was to help breast cancer research. Tell me about why you, you got that going, and are you going to be able to continue it in Edmonton, do you think? Oh, for sure, 100%. Run Wilder for a Cure is something that we do um, every October um, since I've been in the CFL. We get all the CFL running backs to um, give $1, uh, $1 per yard, 
and $100 per touchdown in the month of October. And um, we raise money and we shoot off to their personal, their personal um, nonprofit that they want to send to um, regarding bre breast cancer. One of my mom's close friends had breast cancer and, and has been a breast cancer survivor um, for, for a while, for a long time. I mean, just as long as I could pretty much remember. And um, that's just my only personal relationship with somebody who, who's been fighting breast cancer. And I, I figure, why not? We're always wearing pink. And, you know, the awareness was cool. You know, the awareness is cool, but I kind of wanted to put some action behind the awareness and, and figure out a way we could actually help. You know, the awareness does help, but just to put some action behind it. And then we had fans chiming in, fans pitching in as well, which was great, man. It's just always good to be able to get everybody with a common goal to be able to do great things. Yeah, well, good for you for doing that for sure. I, I got to ask you about something else. And what's the actual story? I want to get it straight from you. Because I feel this is one of those things that it could spin out of control or things could get exaggerated or misleading. What's the actual story with the WWE tryout participation? How do you sum up your wrestling uh, relationship with wrestling, if there is one? <laughs> yeah, um, um, 2018 and 19, early 2019, I got an offer from the, well, I got an opportunity to go try out at the WWE. They flew me down to Orlando. And um, the tryout went great by Mr. Paul Fair. Mr. Paul Fair was the uh, scout at the time for the WWE. And he brought me down, and they were impressed, man. They, they loved everything I did. And um, I just, with football, man, I'm just not, you can't do both. It's the same thing that happened with the Olympics this year. I got invited to the Olympics, uh, the U.S. bobsledding Olympics team this year. And um, it came between football and, and you know, Football is just the top, is, is one of the biggest things in my life, man. So I just have to pass up those other great opportunities. But to be able to say I even had those opportunities is great. You know, to be able to, you know, have these emails and frame these emails is, is, is great. It's something I'll be able to show my children and my grandkids one day. So, are, like, are you a wrestling fan or did that come out a little bit oh, of a yeah. for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I've been a wrestling fan, man. And I, honestly, I, I fell off a little bit lately. Obviously, once I, became a pro I couldn't put in all the time following wrestling uh, like I did before but man growing up my younger years all the way up to just about college man I was one of the biggest wrestling fans who's your favorite wrestler of all time stone cold Steve Austin he had a bad oh I almost cussed he had a bad a attitude and um I I, I love the way he uh you know I love the way he kind of carried himself he was going to do it his way regardless and um if somebody wanted to kind of try to stop him from doing it his way, he, uh, he'll make you feel him. <laughs> he'll make you feel him. Okay, and then on that note, who's your favorite football player of all time other than your dad? Ooh, uh, favorite football player of all time other than my dad, I'll probably say uh, Lawrence Taylor. Uh, just, for this, just for that same reason, that same reason he had, um, he had a crazy attitude, man. His attitude was, to some, I guess I don't want to call it crazy. Some will call it crazy, but his attitude was just, I'm gonna do it my way, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dominate you, and it's nothing you could do about it, because I know I worked my butt off to dominate you, and um, man, to be able to talk to actually talk to him, um, he, he's great. He's a great guy, and be able to just know his mindset, you you understand why he's separated from the rest of the pack. That's awesome. All right, hey, this was great to talk to James and to get to know you a little bit and to introduce you to Elks fans. And uh, before I let you go, just tell me a little bit about your sports academy, what you're doing, and and how you enjoy it. 
Oh, man, for sure. WSA, Wilder Sports Academy. Um, we're still inside of our first year. We're booming right now. We're located in Tampa Bay, Florida. We're in Tampa Bay, Florida, and um, we work from ages five and up. My youngest client is five. My oldest client is 64. And um, we do boot camps. We do sports training, speed and agility, uh, recruiting. We do a, a assistant recruiting to help high school kids get recruited as well. And we also um, train pro players for combined training. Um, it's great. We have online. Actually, online is coming up now. Um, we're adding that online training to the website. Since I'm going up to Edmonton, we're going to add the online for $25 a year. And it's going to boom. Um, it's going to be fun. And hopefully, I'll be able to still connect with a lot of the um, fans and a lot of everybody who's working out on their workout journey around the country and the United States and in Canada. James, great to meet you. Can't wait to see your energy here in town and on the field. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on the show and um, giving me your platform. Right on. That is a very busy and, as you heard, energetic young man. Now the running back for the Edmonton Elks, James Wilder Jr. The Golden Bears hosting basketball nationals. We'll dive into that story next. The final eight, the championship tournament in U Sports men's basketball. As I teased on my Twitter account yesterday, it was made official today. Edmonton, the U of A, the Savile Center will host March 10th to 14th. Golden Bears head coach Barnaby Craddock joining us on Inside Sports. Barnaby, how are you doing? Uh, real well. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Exciting times. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you again, and it's nice to talk to university coaches about games that are going to be played and events that are going to be held for both, because for both the fast, uh, last 15 months, I've been talking to post-secondary coaches and athletes about not having a season and going to get back to it. So not only are you guys going to have a season, you're going to be hosting nationals, Barnaby, and this is really significant for the U of A and for Edmonton. Yeah, big announcement. It's the first time that uh, U of A's ever hosted the men's final eight for basketball. I believe it's the maybe the last sport that U of A hasn't hosted. So, uh, and it's only been uh, in Alberta a couple of times down in Calgary in the early eighties when those uh, UVic Vikes started to be dominant with Ken Shields. So it's been a long time coming. It's going to be awesome for basketball in the province and the city. And uh, I mean, we've had some packed gyms the last couple of years for playoffs. So with nationals here, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. So exciting, exciting times. So, why is that, that the tournament has been almost exclusively in Halifax and Ottawa for, well, close to 40 years, I think since 84? And you did mention there was that one year at UBC, but how come it's it's centered around Halifax and Ottawa for so long? Yeah, I mean, not so much Ottawa. They snuck in a few uh, few bids, but Halifax really had a stranglehold. It kind of became a, a culture. I mean, obviously, there's a bidding process Uh for people that want to host it and they really had a good system in place they were packing the metro center in the middle of halifax great environment they managed to keep putting forward really competitive bids so they kept getting to uh to host it uh times have changed a little bit more recently so it's managed to bounce around the country a little bit more which is great i mean if for example having it here in edmonton it's a chance for and people have never seen the, the final eight tournament live or get to see the golden bears I mean, we're at Nationals a bunch, but no one actually, you know, unless they're flying out to Halifax, hasn't had a chance to see us play in that tournament. So I know our alumni is pumped. Uh, the guys in our team are pumped. And I think 
basketball fans at Edmonton are in for a treat seeing uh, this basketball here live in person. Tell me a little bit about where the program is at right now. And as I mentioned, you and everybody else coming off a season that, that, that didn't happen. So how are the Golden Bears looking once things finally tip off in the fall? Well, I mean, we're excited. We got a good group. And obviously, I think a lot of people might think that we take a step back with the graduation of uh, Brody Clark and Dwan Williams, Ivan Icomi, and Andre Kelly also um, finished up his degree. So he was a bit of a COVID casualty, not getting to play his fifth year. So that was a, a tough loss um, due to COVID for him. But uh, so, I mean, you lose, you know, that crew of guys i mean four straight national tournaments you can take a step back but you know what i think we're sneaky good we got a good group of young guys hard working ready to step up um you know some some being led there cole knutson's coming back tyus jefferson will be back adam page who's obviously well known and had some national team exposure so uh local jeffrey james I mean, there there's some some veteran guys and some younger guys stepping up as well. So we're excited for the challenge, and I think we'll be sneakily competitive even after having lost such a, a strong senior group. Barnaby Craddock, U of A Golden Bears basketball coach, joining us on Inside Sports. They're going to host the final eight in March. So what what was the season like for you, Barnaby? Like, I know coaches are intense. You know, I, I know you and Scott Edwards uh, from the Pandas bench pretty well. <laughs> I know how passionate you guys are. Like, how did you keep sharp as a coach? I mean, I've asked players, you know, how did you train? How does a coach keep sharp when he can't actually coach? Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny you call it a season because it wasn't, was it? It was just a year. It was just a year of not doing something you've basically done for your entire life. And I mean, I've been involved in a competitive sports team since, um, let me go back to, you know, finishing up high school in uh, 1990. So you're talking about something you've done for 30 straight years and all of a sudden you're not doing it. And, you know, but that's everyone in every walk of life. Like it's unprecedented times here. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, difficult and the best parts were, you know, th those months here and there where restrictions got lifted and we could get on the court. And sometimes it was just one-on-one -on -one, me and a player doing an individual workout and man, was that fantastic. They were happy to be on the court. I love the opportunity to work with them and make them better. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you'd lose that and you're shut down again. <laughs> you're just, you know, what a roller coaster. So, uh, what a great, uh, exciting news to be able to host it. As soon as the guys heard that, you know, it just gives them that much more motivation to to get working and get ready for next season and and, and you kind of touched on this off the top but i, I want to circle back to it first of all the, the savile center is a great facility it, it it's a it's an awesome place to watch a game you know the seating sight lines all great and there, there's a great basketball community in edmonton and then northern alberta so i mean you got to be excited about the level of basketball that that fans are going to have a chance to come take in whether they come to a golden bears game and, and plus a great chance to follow the bears and the pandas now throughout the regular season as well 
Hey, this, I mean, if uh, people are going to be blown away by the product the final eight brings, I mean, when you get those eight final teams competing for the national title, they're all good teams. Anyone can, can beat anyone at that point of the year. And the basketball is just fantastic. And we've been fortunate enough to qualify the last four years. So now we want to you know, we're going to be here for the fifth, but we also have already started to talk about it as a team is trying to do it the right way and trying to win Canada West and, and earn our way in as well. So, you know, we've, we've got some motivation to show that we deserve to be there as that host berth. And I think we've got a quality team that, that can be really uh, competitive. So, I mean, it is a super high level of basketball and all the people that come out and, and pack the gym for this uh, final eight are going to be, uh, you know, uh, really, really happy with the product they're seeing out there. Barnaby, this is great news. We're going to have you and your guys on a lot throughout the season, ramping it up to the final eight. Thanks for checking in tonight, man. All the best. Great, Reed. Look forward to talking again. Barnaby Craddock, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. They will host the final eight, the national tournament in March. The Stanley Cup tournament continues on 630, Chet, after the 7 o'clock news, game two, Montreal and Vegas. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening to Inside Sports. 630, Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630, Chad.